It's been more than two months since the coronavirus suddenly made banking a true cottage industry, with entire org charts working from home to ensure proper social distance. At some point, a version of job normalcy will return, out with t-shirts, flip-flops, and Zoom meetings, back in with commuting, cubicles, and conference rooms. But how normal it will be and when it will start is anyone's guess at this point. We're opening the new season of the Banking Strategies podcast with Debbie Bianucci, BAI's president and CEO. Our conversation covers a range of topics, including how financial institutions are handling the COVID-19 disruption, where things stand with reopening offices and branches, and what banks can and should be doing for their customers going forward. Actionable insights can help power smart decisions. Each week, the BAI Banking Strategies podcast focuses on important issues facing financial services leaders, as well as the emerging trends that are rapidly reshaping the financial industry. I'm Terry Badger, your host and the managing editor at BAI. Pull up a chair and join us. Financial institutions are playing a central role in the government's response to the coronavirus pandemic, particularly in relieving some of the economic stress that's resulted from trying to control the virus's spread. This role for banks includes serving as a pipeline to efficiently deliver monetary aid, and it also includes actions of their own that let Americans keep more cash on hand to meet vital needs during these uncertain times. With us on today's podcast, is BAI's president and CEO, Debbie Bianucci, to talk about the state of banking a few months into COVID-19, along with what banks are now doing for their retail and business customers, what they can be doing, and perhaps what they should be doing at this stage. Debbie, thanks for being with us. Hi, Terry. I'm really happy to have this chance to um, have a conversation with you and to share some of the things that we are seeing as we work with banks all over the country. So uh, thanks for having me. Of course. So by any measure except perhaps the stock market, uh, the economy is looking pretty rough right now. Soaring unemployment, shrinking GDP, bankruptcies are up for businesses, both large and small, and the list goes on. Last time we went through something like this in 2007, 2008, banks were leading the way down, but this time not so much. What's different this time around for the banks? It's a great question, and it's one that I get a lot because the consequences of what we experienced in the financial crisis and what we're experiencing in the pandemic are very similar with high unemployment and other economic pressures. But there are some real differences between what happened in 2008 and what's happening now. Because then in 2008, it was a financial crisis where we had really unsustainable levels of debt and credit quality issues that were pervasive. And the pressure was on the financial system. In fact, the banks were the center of the storm. What's different now is that while we have many of the same outcomes, this is rooted in a health crisis. And the economic pressures are a result of something that is very specific that we understand and know why it has happened, but it has been abrupt and caused by government shutdowns that have impacted the way in which the economy can operate. What's different for the banks is that 
they're not the center of the storm. In fact, they're very much part of the essential services to prepare and support consumers and businesses through this pandemic. Um, they're very well capitalized. They're experienced in how to handle situations like this in order to be able to support their customers. So there really are very many differences between 2008 and today. So having that better financial standing, banks are positioned to be forces for good during COVID-19. So what do you think banks have been doing particularly well over the past few months in their COVID response? Well, as I mentioned, we've been working with banks all over the country, and the role that we play is not only to understand how we can support the industry, but also to help facilitate the sharing of information from bank to bank. I think there are three areas that have really been outstanding in my view in terms of what the banks have been doing well. Um, the first is that they're really focused. They're focused on their colleagues, their employees who they want to keep safe. They're trying to prepare them to be able to work with customers and support their needs. They're focused on customers to be available and to be flexible and supportive in these times. And they're focused on their communities where banks are giving millions of dollars to support COVID-related causes. So that focus and the purpose of the way that banks are looking at the work that they're doing has been quite remarkable and well done. The second area that I've seen which is really inspiring to see of a regulated bank um, community is how nimble and decisive they have been in situations where things have been changing so fast and circumstances have been so complex. And they've been able to make different kinds of decisions on resource flows, for example, with branches that are changing, call centers, even handling the PPP loans that had such high volume as the um, stimulus package was being implemented. They've been reskilling their employees. They're finding new ways to deliver services to meet the unique and changing needs of their customers. And they've been collaborating a lot, not only inside their organizations, but across the industry. That's a role that we have played at BAI to help facilitate how they're sharing information, the questions they're facing, and so forth. So I think they've been focused, they've been nimble and decisive. But the third thing that they're doing well is exercising strength that I think is helpful to what we all are facing as we go through such uncertain times. So as I was saying earlier, they're very financially strong, they're well capitalized, their brands are strong. Their digital capabilities have been strengthened over the past few years. And that has been a huge reason why the banks have been able to continue in many ways uninterrupted in how they provide financial services to both consumers and businesses. Debbie, you wrote a commentary for us a couple of weeks ago on how bank leaders are thinking about the idea of reopening their branches at their offices. First, it was the question of when, and then it's the how. So what's the latest you're getting on where things stand with reopening? 
Well, it's absolutely a top priority right now. As time has gone on, starting in March and through now, the issues that the banks have faced have been changing. You know, in the beginning, it was how do we move to a remote work environment? How do we adjust the branches? How do we step up our digital capabilities? And now it's very much around how to reopen safely, both for the colleagues of the banks as well as customers. And it's complicated, Terry, because so many of the banks have footprints that are in multi-state environments. And as you know, there are differences not only at the state level, but even at the county level in terms of what is required of businesses as they are evaluating how to reopen. So what we're seeing now is a a lot of attention being paid to how this can happen, although keeping services going as they have been in place now for several months with remote working arrangements and modified branch settings and so forth. But the banks are, again, being nimble and decisive about trying to evaluate alternatives. I would say if If I had to summarize the approach that I think we're seeing the most is that it really is going to be a test and learn environment. It will be gradual and controlled so that the banks have the opportunity to make modifications, again, with safety of their colleagues as well as their customers as a top priority. So reopening, of course, is a is a huge issue, as you say, but it's certainly not the only one. So what are some of the other big challenges that banks are contending with. And I'd imagine that some of those challenges may differ depending on whether you're a a large institution with a national footprint or if you're a small community bank. You're absolutely right. Perhaps the biggest challenge that all the banks are facing is to continue to figure out how to support and serve customers in this tough economic environment. We all see the unemployment numbers. We expect an increase in bankruptcies We know that people are facing housing and rental pressures. There's forbearance available now, but questions about how long that will go. And so the banks are very challenged in trying to identify ways that they can be supportive, continue to provide financial services and the kind of support that consumers and businesses will need continuing to evolve their digital capabilities. I mean, one of the reasons why the banks have been uh, well positioned to work through these changes we've been talking about is because they've invested in digital transformation and much of that has been in place and the pandemic has actually accelerated the adoption across all segments. And so that I think has been and will continue to be a challenge for the banks. The future of small business is a big question and a challenge that the banks will face. Small business customers are important, regardless of whether you're a very large bank or a community bank. And what's happening to small businesses during the pandemic and the uncertainty around what will the small business segment look like as we come out of the pandemic is going to be a huge challenge for the banks. I would say that to your question about the biggest differences between larger banks and community banks, um, the size of the footprint matters and the multi-state environment that the very large banks have 
will be something that impacts how and the pace at which they can reopen. The community banks may have a simpler, clearer line of sight to how that will work just because their footprints are smaller. But the digital side of it is something that larger banks are clearly farther along in the way in which they have invested in technology and innovated in the way that customers are able to access banking services using digital channels. And community banks have done a lot of work in that area, but are not as quite along. So I think it's probably going to be um, an ever bigger challenge for community banks going forward. You've mentioned the PPP, the Paycheck Protection Program, a couple of times already, but um, PPP had some bumps for the banks, which really shouldn't be too surprising given how fast the program came together and how fast it allocated $650 billion. And certainly banks will play a role in distributing money for other part of the CARE Act as well. But what else do we expect to see banks doing to help Americans get through this rough patch? Well, there's no question that there were bumps in the road with the PPP processing. And we now go into the next phase of PPP, which is the forgiveness phase of the original PPP loan volume that you mentioned. And many expect that there will be another round of stimulus that may take a variety of forms and the banks need to be ready for that. I think what they learned in the early stages will help a lot with whatever um, additional stimulus steps are taken. So I think the banks will be even better prepared for this next round, whatever that ends up looking like. The banks have made a lot of changes in policies to provide relief to consumers and businesses. And as we go forward, they're going to have to continue to look at what they can do. Can they extend beyond what policy changes were originally put in place because the ability for consumers in particular to be able to be back on track within a 90-day period is really in question. So the banks are going to have to find new approaches. They're going to have to think out of the box in order to find innovative ways to help consumers and businesses as we evolve to whatever the end of this pandemic will be. They're going to have to create new capacity to be able to serve customers in different ways. And the attitudes and perspectives of consumers have been greatly impacted during this pandemic. You can see that in so many different ways, just as as we experience the pandemic ourselves. We're excited because we have some new consumer research that will be available in the next week or so where we'll be able to report with this consumer research data more precisely what we're seeing in terms of consumer attitudes and perceptions. You've uh, mentioned the solid footing that uh, financially that banks are on now, but like any other business, they have to think about revenue and they have to think about expenses. So loan modifications, uh, payment deferrals, fee waivers, along with narrow interest margins, eventually that stands to affect the health of the business. So right now, the mindset is we're all in this together, banks, consumers, the government. But how long do you think banks can continue 
to embrace this viewpoint in light of the financial issues that they're facing? Well, it's a great question because any successful business model requires that you have steady revenue streams and you're able to control your expenses. And what the pandemic has done, because the banks have made decisions to be able to support consumers and businesses, it has affected the way in which revenues are collected and they're incurring additional expense. I would say, though, the banks are very good at understanding their model. And what we've seen is that while they're very focused on customers in normal times, they're even more so during this. And what happens when you've got a clear focus like that is the decisions that you make, the answers become more clear cut because you're so focused on what it is you're trying to do. And I believe I see it every day when I'm working with banks that they really do believe that we're all in this together and they're trying everything that they can to make this a a sustainable, supporting uh, financial system for consumers and businesses. And so I don't see that changing. What I think will happen is that the banks are going to have to continue to innovate in how they're supporting consumers, because just delaying payments and providing different kinds of forbearance is not going to be enough over the long haul. And so innovating in the way in which they look at how they can um, continue to support consumers, which may involve some policy changes for sure, but there may be other things that they can do. We believe that part of coming out of any kind of economic recession, and certainly one that happened as abruptly as this one did, that what's important also is to help give consumers and businesses the tools that they need in order to be able to recover. And the banks who are increasingly uh, building partnerships with Uh, nonprofit credit counseling services and other advisory services that enhance the knowledge of individuals who have been negatively impacted during this time can be very helpful in giving them the tools to be able to manage not only now, but as the pandemic ends. You know, no doubt the intense focus on customers is creating benefits for banks in terms of building up a reservoir of trust and goodwill during COVID-19. So how much risk do you think there is that these positive feelings that have been accruing during the during the epidemic, uh, during the pandemic, how much risk that these feelings won't last uh, over the longer term? Well, it's always a risk, right? It can be a risk at both um, an individual brand level as well as at the industry level. We're seeing there is some data that's showing that there have been some measurable increases in trust in the banks during this pandemic period. So I think you're right that there has been a positive response to what the banks have already done. But over time, the risk is that that may um, deteriorate. And from my vantage point, I think what probably matters the most in how this risk is managed is to continue this intense focus that we're seeing on doing what is right for the customer. 
because I think that's what's going to matter in how we get to the other side of the pandemic. And this focus, I'm telling you, it's real. It's pervasive across the banks. It's consistent and it's sustainable. And I think that's how people are going to know and ultimately remember what the banks did for them as we went into this really terrible situation. And so the answer to manage the risk, in my view, is to keep this focus on the customer. So Debbie, final question. What advice are you giving bank leaders? You, you talk to them on a regular basis. Or what advice would you give if you were asked about telling their story, about protecting their brand, so they can keep as much of this newly won trust and goodwill, keep as much of it as they can? Well, I always think that the truth works. And in this case, the truth is that the banks are strong, they're well capitalized, they're experienced, they know what needs to be done in this kind of situation, and they are doing the right things for their customers, their colleagues, and their communities. And so the advice I give is stay focused on that and tell that story because the focus on individuals who are um, struggling at this point and for banks to be able to provide the kind of support and guidance that they do is what's really going to matter over the long haul. Yeah, definitely good advice. And definitely banks have a good story to tell right now. So Debbie Bianucci, President and CEO of BAI, thanks very much for joining us on the podcast. Thank you, Terry. Three takeaways from today's podcast with BAI's Debbie Bianucci. First, reopening branches and offices is one of the banking industry's top priorities, but there's no pressing reason to rush the return. What we're hearing from financial institutions is that work from home is working well and that customers are being taken care of. Safety is now and should remain the dominant concern of bank leaders. Employee safety in the office or branch, employee safety getting to and from work, and likewise for customers. When the time for reopening comes, we expect to see a careful transition, one that's slow and adaptive to COVID conditions. Second, banks have been good team players during the pandemic. They've embraced the idea that we're all in this together by hustling to make PPP work for small businesses, by deferring loan payments for cash-tight families, providing counseling, and by waiving fees. They've been an essential service during the economic downturn. But at the end of the day, banks are businesses that depend on revenue and profits. Right now, they're strong, but loan losses and other challenges are looming. If 2008 taught us anything, it's that banks that aren't healthy aren't helpful. And finally, by being that good team player, financial institutions have built up trust and goodwill with customers through their COVID-19 response. Banks move fast and decisively to try to ease the economic hardship felt by so many, but sooner or later, business considerations will compel banks to taper down or even end their pandemic-related flexibility, so those accumulated good feelings could be at risk. Debbie's advice is that banks should protect their gains by keeping a sharp focus on customers and finding a way to continue helping them get through these unprecedented times. Thanks again for joining us for the BAI Banking Strategies podcast. I'm Terry Badger, Managing Editor at BAI. We hope you all are staying healthy and safe. <laughs>